I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 252. Okay, the first one. A few paranormal stories. Hey, Donna and Carrie. Hope y'all are having a lovely week. Love you both so much. Oh, and Donna, I think that it's hilarious that you say you become a fainting goat when scared. I do the same. I remember my brother jumped out at me once from behind a corner, and I suddenly lost control of my body and crumbled to the ground. What kind of defense mechanism is that? I'm genuinely concerned if anything actually does happen to me. Okay, so my first story happened to my older sister way back when she was in college at Indiana University in 1999, a.k.a. the Golden Age. She was walking back to her dorm from her night class when a man approached her and started talking with her. It wasn't dark, and she couldn't see him super clearly, but somehow she wasn't frightened, and he just seemed really friendly. This sounds like the start of a true crime story, but thankfully it wasn't. Anyway, he started talking with her and asking her about her life and her classes. My sister then turned around for a brief second to look at something, and when she looked back towards his direction, he was gone. They were in a wide open space, and she only looked away briefly, so he couldn't have run away. He just disappeared out of thin air. Looking back at it, she thinks it may have been our grandpa. Side note, he died before either of us were born, so she wouldn't have recognized his voice, but he was about the same height and had similar characteristics, but difficult to tell at night. My second story involves a dream my sister's then-fiancé, now-husband, Ben, had right before they got married. He dreamt of me and my sister's late father, and our father was with several other men in the dream. They were having a whiskey and cigars on a plane and welcomed Ben with welcome arms. When Ben told my sister about the dream, he was explaining the other men on the plane. His descriptions perfectly matched some of our father's closest friends, and Ben had no prior knowledge of what they looked like. So this was definitely a visitation, not just a dream. It's just nice to know our father was welcoming him into the family. The next story happened when my husband and I were visiting a beautiful old bed and breakfast in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is known to be a very haunted city. We were fast asleep when I woke suddenly from what sounded like a big heavy book being dropped onto the floor. My husband somehow didn't hear it, despite it feeling like it shook the room. Was this noise only meant for me to hear, or was he in a super duper deep sleep? They didn't say super duper, let's just go with it. Or had I imagined it? I was a bit freaked out and I eventually fell back asleep. Mind you, I had to cuddle so close I was basically on top of him. The next morning we were having breakfast and the hostess came in to chat with us. We were making casual small talk when out of the blue she says, some people say this place is haunted, but it definitely isn't. My husband and I exchanged sneaky side glances to each other. If your bed and breakfast host says something like this out of the blue, the place is definitely haunted. Other creepy things have happened to me when I was sort of awake, including hearing people whispering in my apartment at night when no one was there. Other times I've heard whistling in my apartment, but the whistling wasn't a tune, just random notes put together, but not any sort of melody. I've also woken up at exactly 3 a.m., a.k.a. the witching hour, and heard strange creepy cries from outside of my window when I was 100% awake. These events all happened when I had recently binge listened to APC podcast. Now I only listen a couple of times a week. I don't know if I just had creeped myself out too much recently or if my binge listening had invited something into our home. I know the show is awesome, but please be careful. I would recommend not binging the show all day long, day after day. Please sage and or Palo Santo yourself in your room if you really want to binge it. Sage and Palo Santo go a long way. Next story. After listening to one of the very first APC podcasts when Donna talks about that haunted doll, I'm too afraid to say of its name, kind of like Voldemort. I looked up his picture. 
after Donna told us the dangers involved with it. I know, I'm stupid AF. My phone suddenly turned off after I pressed enter after my Google search of him, and I never saw his picture. My phone never turns off on its own randomly, especially not when it's fully charged. I think it may have been my guardian angel protecting me. Donna, I love you dearly, but please no more stories about spirits that can haunt me just by saying their name or looking at their picture. I know Carrie's with me on this one. Okay, last story. This happened around 2012 when I was at school at Sweetbriar College in rural Virginia. Sorry, Donna. This college is an all-girls school and has the most beautiful scenic campus and quite an interesting history. Oh, and it's super haunted. There is one story that happened in the 70s, I think. The girls on the top floor of Reed Dormitory turned the floor into a brothel. Legend goes, one of the girls got a gentleman caller and the man turned out to be her father. He must have found out about what she was doing and confronted her about it, and she sadly ended up hanging herself in her room. I can't remember which room number it is, but it was the one at the end of the hallway. Some girls who have stayed in that room say they can feel her toes brush against their face at night where she died. Other girls I went to school with who stayed in other rooms said that their dresser would scoot across the floor on its own and posters flew off the wall. One day, some friends and I decided to use a Ouija board. Dun-dun-dun. We would take it into the small parlor room on the first floor of Reed Dormitory and lock the door. We did this several nights. We were very respectful and knew the rules about using it. I remember the first time when it moved when I was touching the planchette, and it was the craziest moment of my life up until this point. The crazy thing is that we would ask it questions that only girls outside of the circle knew the answer to and the ghost answered it correctly, proving that we were speaking with an actual spirit. We talked with the deceased founders of the school, their daughter Daisy, and other spirits. It was very fun and exciting, until one day. We started speaking with a spirit when the planchette started moving around in sporadic circles. Then it started at A and went through the alphabet one at a time. I had done my research and knew that this meant a demon was trying to get through, so I made the girls say goodbye so we could close the board. Needless to say, we never used it again. I will never understand why Hasbro markets this game as eight years and above. It's super dangerous when not used properly, and even then, it's still dangerous. Please never use one. But if you really must, please read up on all the rules and precautions. That's all for now. Stay spooky, bitches. Lots of love, Dana. Okay, two things. Yes, fainting goat, and I'm with you. I am so scared to see what will actually happen. If something did do that, because my body really does just go into like I'm a turtle and just hunker down to the legs, like feeling her legs. No, that's that's like beyond. Oh, my gosh. Like I was like, oh, when you said that. And I wonder if her if her dad was actually a client and then realized he got his daughter and was like, oh, I knew I came here to stop you. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Yes, he was. at No, you don't book an appointment. You just confront her. No, he was there as a John and got busted and then realized he got busted by his daughter and was like, oh, fuck. Exactly. Yeah, Donna fucked us on Robert the doll. Don't say his name so nonchalant. But yeah, I did. I did. Well, before we get into the second story, we got to talk about real paper. Look, we're all about treating yourself, and why not treat your tush and your bush? Because 
real paper is the best toilet paper ever. And it's good for the planet. Okay, even though Dawn is a history major, I'm going to school y'all a little bit. Did you know that the first perforated toilet paper rolls were introduced in 1890? But it wasn't until 1930 that we had officially splinter-free tissue. What the heck? Yeah. So before that, people would just use whatever they had. They would use corn cobs, parchment, and even pages from the Farmer's Almanac. Well, they thought that weather was shitty. But nowadays, we're clear-cutting our forest just to make something that we use once and flush it down the toilet. So it's gotten better in quality, but terrible for the planet. Right. And that's why we love real paper. Because Real makes sustainable toilet paper that contains no trees, but instead uses 100% bamboo. So no splinters. And Real is actually certified by the Forest Stewardship Council, which means that they are very fancy because they are responsible for harvesting the bamboo grass that's used for the paper. Wow. And I'm telling you, it feels so luxurious and it leaves no residue. Also, can we again say, treat yourself, but also treat the planet better. And that's what's going on with Real because it is plastic-free, compostable, and it ships directly to your door for free. With Real Paper, you get easy, hassle-free subscriptions or one-time purchases from their website. I love Real Paper, how it comes individually wrapped. And you think like, okay, so they're individually wrapping them, but they're not using more things that are bad for the world. The whole world. (laughs) The planet, if you will. Yes. I'm telling you, once you go with this toilet paper, real is the real deal and you will not go back. And again, it's the convenience of it too being shipped free to your door. You don't have to worry about, oh man, I forgot to get toilet paper for the market. I got to go back or I'm almost out because with the subscription plan, you're almost out. Well, don't worry. You got another one coming and you can pause or change it at any time. What I like about Real 2 is they're not just like, hey, you know, we don't use trees. We use bamboo and they stop there. They actually are consistent across their company with using in 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging and are trying to renew the efforts for like reforestation with their One Tree Planted program, which means with every box of real you buy, they are funding the reforestation efforts. So again, they're not only are they not cutting down trees, they're actively working to replant them. Exactly. If you want to be a part of this amazing company and amazing toilet paper, because it, like Donna said, it's so soft, it's so luxurious, no residue, and hassle-free subscriptions, head on over to realpaper.com slash creep and sign up for a subscription using the code creep at checkout and you are automatically going to get 30% off your first order and duh, free shipping. Look, it took one wipe and I never looked back. Realpaper.com. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash creep and enter code creep to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's stop flushing our forests and try Real's tree-free paper. Real is the paper for the planet. That's realpaper.com slash creep and use promo code creep for 30% off your first order and free shipping. Okay, the next one. Haunted College. Ah! 
Real monsters. <laughs> hey, ladies. I don't know if you remember me, but I sent in a story like three years back about my mom's family being investigated by the FBI because they thought that she was a kidnapped girl from California when she wasn't. If you don't, it's okay. But just to reintroduce myself to everyone, I'm Maria Jose from North Carolina, and I went to a haunted college called Guilford. I finally graduated there after all that COVID craziness and finally got my degree in creative writing. Yay! I now also have my first big girl job, so yay again. But let's get back to business, ladies. So a bit of backstory about my college. The area where my college was built has a long history dating back to the Revolutionary War. At Guilford, there is a part of the campus called New Garden that Quakers bought when they first settled here. They used it as a farming village and built a meeting house there as well. During the Revolutionary War, a scrimmage ensued between the British and American soldiers, which led up to the famous Battle of Guilford Courthouse. They used the meeting house to patch up the wounded and use some of the land to bury the dead. Eventually, the Quakers bought more of the surrounding area and made it into a boarding school than a private college, and that's when it also became part of the Underground Railroad, where a famous abolitionist, Levi Coffin, helped the slaves escape through the college woods, and you can even take tours at the school where they show you the paths that the slaves took to escape to freedom. The college also has a few accidents, mainly fires in some of the buildings over the years. I can't remember all of them, but I lived in an all-girls dorm called Mary Hobbs, and it has a history of catching fire about three times, apparently. And there's a rumor that the first time it did, way back in the day, two girls died in the attic. So as you can see, a lot of history, and that's why we have a lot of ghosts. So I'll tell you a few of them that I know about and have experienced. When I was a freshman there during orientation, a couple of upperclassmen who was showing us around told us some of the ghost stories. The most popular ghost comes from our auditorium. There's a ghost called Lewis there and sometimes likes to play the piano. I don't know how these students found out it was him, but apparently he's in the Quaker archives and was a Civil War soldier who died. At times after midnight, some students, mainly music majors who practice there late in the night, claim to hear a piano playing when no one else is around. I didn't believe it at first till my friend, who was an RA, said that she was there with my cousin, who she was dating, and they told me that she took him there late one night when it was already cleared out by the security guards. He was curious about the ghost stuff, so he wanted to see if he could hear it himself. My friend said that she started to hear the music play, and it compelled her to start dancing on the stage. The next day, my cousin texted her and said, Hey, babe, what were you dancing to last night? And she got confused and texted him, Didn't you hear the music last night? He said, No, it was all quiet in there. All I could hear was the big head, lights, hum, and then all of a sudden you started dancing and you kind of looked possessed. Needless to say, she never went back in that building unless she absolutely needed to, which was rare. She avoided that place like the fucking plague. And so did I, because that place always gave me the heebie-jeebies. There is also apparently a malicious girl spirit who scratches anyone she doesn't like, so yeah. I remember asking the school's security guards if they ever had any experiences, and they told me this one time when they were clearing out the auditorium of students to lock up for the night, they had finished up, then one of the security guards heard the piano music. He thought the other guard was messing around with him, so he radioed him, and the other guard told him he was outside already, and when he opened the door, there was the other guard. 
So he went upstairs thinking that students were left in the piano room, but when he got there and put his keys in the door, the music stopped. And when he opened the door, no one was there. But he refused to go back in there after that. My college overall gave a very off vibe to it. I always have been sensitive to the paranormal, and I've had a few ghosts attached to me in my life. My mom was half upset when I told her about the ghostly activities, and she said that she wouldn't have let me go to that school if she knew it was haunted. She said as long as I don't bring them home with me, she'll be fine. I mainly had encounters with the paranormal at the school during my last three years at the school because guess where I decided to be my dorm for the rest of them? Married the haunted-ass dorm room hobs. So the dorm room opened in 1907 to give girls more room at the school. In 1976, the third floor burned down due to a curling iron and all was left was a charred sink and tub. As I stated, some say a girl died in the fire. I'm inclined to believe it as I lived on the second floor and always near the only entrance left to the third floor was an attic door. Many girls told me about their encounters like one girl saw a lady waving in the hallway I lived in and she mainly hangs out in the bathroom in that hall. I always felt eerie in there but never knew why until my friend who was an upperclassman told me maybe she was the girl who died. During the second year, I lived alone since the girl who was supposed to be my roommate dropped out of school before the school year started. When I lived there alone, I was so scared because every night I felt like something was watching me and that's why I always had my back to the door as I slept since I always felt the presence near the door. Sometimes the closet in the dorm would open by itself and I could hear the clicking of the magnets separating on the top. I would hear knocking on the door when no one was there, but... It's because I never saw a shadow from under the door or steps that walked away. Dude, I was so scared of being in that room alone. I would call my boyfriend almost every night to stay on the phone with me until I fell asleep. And I also got some nightlights and would go home every weekend. The one time I was pissed off with the ghost was when I got some fast food and I saw the drink go up the straw. I was like, excuse me? I already have to deal with your shit and now you're trying to steal my food? Nah, don't mess with my food like you don't mess with Carrie's sleep. During my last two years at Guilford, I had my friend Sierra become my roommate and the haunting for some reason amped up. One night we were just chilling in our room till we heard three knocks on the wall behind us. She asked me, was that you? Since I tend to tap on the wall with my fingers when I fidget. I looked at her and I told her no, since my hands were on my laptop writing an essay. We stared at each other for a second and quickly said goodnight and covered our heads with our bedsheets. That's not the first time we did that because one time we heard someone singing and I thought I could hear the music and I asked her and she quickly shot up from her bed and told me that she thought it was me playing my Animal Crossing game. Every time something would go bump in the night, we would quickly say our goodnights and cover our heads with our sheets because, you know, sheets are always good protective shields from the monsters. Also, one time we went out for ice cream and we always left the lights on. And when we came back to the room, the lights were off. We ran downstairs and ate the ice cream on the porch till we were brave enough to go back up. I'm pretty sure the ghost liked messing with us since we're a pretty chaotic pair to begin with, like y'all, and I guess the ghost vibed with it. Finally, during my last year, we both got used to the hauntings by now, and I guess that made them amped up even more because they started throwing shit around, and I was like, nope, absolutely not, and I yelled at them that if they didn't stop, I will violate the rules of my school and burn some sage up in here, and I didn't care if it would set the fire alarms off. They seemed to listen to that, but I still had to deal with at least one ghost during that year in the basement of Mary Hobbs. 
Why was I in the basement, you ask? Well, my newspaper club finally got a headquarters and the school decided to give us the flooded basement, which we had to clean out ourselves since they had cleaned out the water, but the water damaged books and furniture. Ugh. After the club made it nice and pristine, we would hang out there a lot and I would spend a lot of the time organizing the place. One day when I was down there late at night, finishing up, all of a sudden, the back rooms, I saw a tall shadow person. I never ran so fast in my life. The next day, I told my newspaper club what I saw, and one of the members was like, oh, that's Reginald. I was like, excuse me, what? He was like, yeah, he's a ghost that lives in the basement. He's harmless. This made me a little less scared of him, but when I went back into the basement, I laid some ground rules that he'd please not mess with me again. For the most part, he didn't, but he did mess with my roommate a couple of times, like sitting on her bed and moving stuff. I would always ask for it back, and he would eventually put it back on our desk. I'm sure he was a lonely dude, and that's why he was messing with us. My roommate even joked that since she was so horny, she wouldn't mind if he had sex with her, lol. Well, thanks for reading my stories, ladies. Sorry if it was all over the place. Next time, I'll write in about my broad trip when I went to England and stayed at the castle where the first two Harry Potter movies were filmed at. Till next time, and don't get scared. Your friend is Donna. Right? I was like, I mean... I'm there too, girl. I am there too. Come on, Reginald. Like, really, come, Reginald. I can't. (laughs) But also, can we talk about that the school was like, okay, we cleared out the water, but like, y'all got to get rid of everything else to make it your office. See, and I feel like that's so reasonable. Like, if you want it, you got to do it. No. Well, who else is going to do it? I don't know. Custodians? They're the ones that want it. Fuck if I know. They got other things to be doing with at that damn school. The custodians, I mean. Yeah. Also, about your drink going up and not be like the straw. Like, well, oh my God. Literally the straw that the, birthed the camel's yeah, back. I was like, oh my God, literally. But like being like, no, bitch. No, no, no. What kind of drink you have? Oh, because. So I don't love Taco Bell's drinks, really, because it's Pepsi. But if I'm really, like, wanting something, I will get the Baja Blast. I can only do a small because I just don't do a lot of soda. But it's, that taste is magical, okay? But I found out from Ashley, shout out Ashley, they're going to make a Baja Blast gelato from Taco Bell. I was like, Baja Blast and ice cream? Like the good ice cream? Yes, please. Also, this has nothing to do with anything, but she also said, like, they were bringing back, I want to say, like, the Crunchwrap Supreme, but instead of the Tostado, like, in the middle, that the crunchy shell, it's going to be, like, a big Cheez-It. I'm like, that is up my alley so freaking much. This bitch, that is over here telling all Taco Bell secrets. <laughs> Ashley told me first. Anyway, whew, you know what? When I was in college, I did gain the freshman 15. Maybe this is why. Actually, I gained the freshman like 75. But, you know. <laughs> Say, there is no 15 over in this side of the room. It was, look, there was endless ice cream. And cereal. Endless ice cream. But also their breakfast was so good. God, we ate the shit out of that breakfast. Because it's a breakfast buffet. That is literally one of my favorite things in life is yeah. a breakfast buffet. Like a good one. Like I can eat so much yeah sorry we took your thing well really me i took it and made it all about food i'm sorry but congrats on graduating and having a big girl job 
And Sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and now it's all downhill from there. But congrats. <laughs> yeah, then the student loan payments come in, and then you get married, and then they fucking double. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a nice little house note in student loan debt. All right, move it on past my trauma. Okay, the next one. A birthday visit from the other side. Hey, girlies, my name is Nikki, and I've been listening to you guys for about two years now. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say the genius of your podcast name only clicked about a month ago. It turned my world upside down. Anyway, all this to say, I've been listening to other stories for a while now, but I'd never experienced anything too crazy for myself. I wouldn't call myself a skeptic, as I think anything is possible, but I was never really a full-fledged believer. That changed last week. To provide some context, my husband and I have been together for nearly two years. When we first started dating, his mother was battling cancer for the fourth time, this time leukemia. She had previously beaten breast cancer twice and lung cancer once. I was grateful I got to meet her during her hospital stay. She was an incredibly strong woman, even managing to crack jokes while we were there. When we were about to leave, I told her, I'm glad I got to see you today, to which she replied, well, it won't be the last time. I'll see you on the other side. Back then, I assumed that she meant when she got out of the hospital, but now I wonder if her words had a different meaning. She passed away a few days later, and about a month after her passing, we found out that I was pregnant. She had longed for a grandchild, and all she would say in the hospital was that she wanted to live long enough to see her grandkids. It still saddens me to this day that she was so close to seeing her wish come true, but I know she's watching over him on the other side. My husband moved in with me when we found out we were pregnant. Before he moved in, I never experienced anything supernatural, but when he moved in and brought her ashes, we started noticing small things that may or may not have been explainable. While our baby was napping, we saw through the monitor that a yoga ball that I bounced on to soothe him rolled from one side of the room to the other. The door was shut, the air vent was off, there was no logical explanation. A few other minor incidents followed, but nothing compared to what unfolded during the three days around her birthday, October 20th. It all started on the morning of October 19th. I woke up to our baby camera pointing towards the nursery door. This was perplexing because our baby monitor always points towards, well, our baby. After all, that's what the monitors are for. Our baby monitor records 30-second clips when it detects motion. So I reviewed the footage to understand why it had shifted. Well, what I found sent shivers down my spine. At 3.17 a.m., the camera by itself swiveled towards the door. And you know what they say about 3 a.m. After it moved, I did not see anything weird on the playback video. If this was a sole incident, I'd dismiss it as a technical glitch. But the strangeness continued. On October 20th, her birthday, I was cleaning up his nursery. When I finished cleaning up, I closed the door behind me and gave him his dinner in the dining room. When my husband later entered the nursery, he discovered our son's pacifiers scattered about and his basket of towels knocked off the shelf and onto the floor. Confused and slightly terrified, my once skeptical husband exclaimed, what's going on in this room? As he had seen me clean it up not even 15 minutes prior. The last incident occurred on October 21st when I was in the bathroom dyeing my hair with the door shut. The house was completely quiet since my baby was napping and my husband was in his office. As I coated my hair with a pink dye, I distinctly heard a cough in my left ear. I felt a forceful rush of air against the back of my head. Though I was facing the mirror, I instinctively turned around only to see my bathroom wall. Strangely, this didn't frighten me. It brought a warm, comforting, and reassuring feeling. It was as if I knew it was my mother-in-law. 
I gazed in the direction where I sensed her and said, Mama Mel, if that's you, happy birthday. At that moment, I was overwhelmed by chills and a powerful urge to cry. These experiences over those three days turned me into a believer, and I now hold hope for what lies on the other side. It brings me great joy to think that she is with us watching over our little one. Sorry for the long story, but thank you for taking time to read it. And remember to always creep it real. Man, baby monitors are so fucking scary anyway. I think because of like, you're so ready for something to pop out. I feel like that's any security camera though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's me for anything. Like when I look outside, because I'm like, is someone out there or something? I'm just like waiting for someone to creep around. I don't know. See, and I'm like, these cameras give us like endless hours of entertainment. Yeah. But I'm definitely glad that she came to visit you. Yeah. I'm not going to mention, but I am, that you basically called her a witch or evil because you were like, it was the witching hour. <laughs> when it happened, I was like, ooh. I don't think that's what. No, I know. I was just joking. God, Carrie takes everything so seriously. But also, can I just say cancer fucking sucks? Yes, it does. Okay, the next one. Why is that moving? For those keeping track, I'm submitting this on October 31st, 2023. Happy Halloween. Hello, ladies. Love, love, love the podcast. You have an awesome back and forth that reminds me so much of my best friend and myself. And yes, you can use my name. Now, for a few things I've seen. I have always lost things, only to have them turn up in a different spot after searching for them. My late husband used to say that if I touched something, it would eventually be lost. Most of the time, I tell myself that I'm the one who moved it, just to feel better, but that's not always possible. In around 2004, my fiancé was an over-the-road truck driver, and I rode with him full-time. We were in a TA truck stop in Abilene, Texas. Now, those were the good old days when a person could still smoke inside as long as you were in a smoking section. Chuck and I sat down in the restaurant before we continued on to deliver our load. We ordered our meal and we lit up our cigarettes. When I went to tap the ash off, the end of the ashtray moved. Not just a little bit, like it moved six inches. Chuck thought I accidentally hit it. I thought, well, I'll show him. So I went up to tap his and it moved again. Every single time we tried to tap our ashes, the ashtray moved. I picked it up to see if there was something under it. I don't know what it could have been, but I had to try to find a logical reason. There was nothing I could find. When the waitress came over, we showed her what had been going on, and her reply floored me. Happens all the time. Excuse me? Like, at all the tables or just this one? This extra-large pizza needs more information. What she finally told us was that this was the only table, and there's no reason for it. The table was perfectly level. There was no water or oil to make it easier for the ashtray to move. We spent most of our lunch hour just messing with the ashtray, and it always moved for us. It made for a pretty interesting break. The next one I want to share just happened to me a couple of months ago at the local Meyer. It's a lot like Walmart. I was in the fresh produce area. I watched a pack of broccoli crowns lift up, and it looked like someone had thrown it across the area. Like someone was just trying to make a basket in the basketball court. It was such a perfect arch, and it landed at least 10 feet from the edge of the shelf. I'll be completely honest, I did not buy broccoli that day. I tried to explain it away, but if it had fallen, why was there such a perfect arch? It was just so bizarre. 
I've had experiences in cemeteries, haunted Civil War battlefields, Ouija boards, always a good experience for me, and interactions with my departed loved ones. Thank you for reading this and have a wonderful day, PJ. It's so funny that PJ has great experiences with Ouija boards. And our first writer was like, be careful. Make sure you know your shit. I guess it just depends on what's around you and what you bring to the table, too. When you said the ashtray moved, I was thinking that, like, yeah, because sometimes our glasses will do that. Yeah. But it's a condensation. Yeah. So, but, like, there was nothing there. Like, you did try to debunk it, but you couldn't. Right. But, oh, my God, that would have made me so mad. Like, I just want ash right there. Yeah, I don't want it on my table. Did that make you want to smoke, Carrie? Yes. <laughs> I do miss the good old days when everybody smoked and you could smoke in restaurants. Not me. <sighs> Back when we like knew that it was terrible for you, but we didn't care. <laughs> and now we're all old and sickly and quit. Yeah. Boring. I'm telling you, if I live to a certain age, I don't know what that age is, but if I live to a certain age, I'm fucking starting back. Damn it. <laughs> There's this comedian and I do not know his name. But he has, like, long hair and glasses, and he said, oh, I miss the good old days. Everyone smoked. You can just go outside and smell it all, the, you know, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. And he said, now you just go outside of Walmart, he said, and sometimes I'll get a secondhand smoke. He's like, and no one's smoking around there. It's just that's where the cigarette smell comes from. And, like, he was just going on about that. And I was like, I understand people liking to be able to smoke there, but... I like it where I don't have to smell the smoke. Yeah. However, I hate that y'all can't smoke at the tables and stuff because I want to be there with y'all. But like, if y'all go out to smoke, I'm not going to like always want to go out and do it. Yeah. But I'm such a like FOMO person that I'm like, right. I mean, I guess I'll sit at the table inside. Cool. By myself. Like, and then y'all always have the best conversations out there. You're not wrong. Also, yeah, you might not have been the one. To displace those things, though, PJ, it might have been an imp. Imps are like, God, can you stop blaming me? Y'all two bitches finally found out what an imp is, and y'all always blaming us. Kind of. It's like, we know just enough to know nothing. Right, yeah. And we're like, oh, it's got to be that one thing that we've heard about. <laughs> you lose things like I drop things. Before we get into the next story, we got to talk about BetterHelp because this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Y'all know that I have used BetterHelp and it really did help me work through some stuff with like my dad passing away and just some childhood stuff that I really needed to address. It was super helpful for me. I feel like it's something that was like deeply rooted that you didn't even know that you needed to address really to get to other portions of your life. Absolutely. But if you don't know what BetterHelp is, it is completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suit your schedule. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, you got to give BetterHelp a try. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is a big deal. Because if you aren't meshing with your therapist, you got to move on. Right. You have to trust the person so they can better help you. <laughs> Exactly. And BetterHelp has set that up for you in a way that you can find that person that fits you so that you can get the best out of your therapy. 
I really liked the app because you can message your therapist directly. They can message you. They can give you questionnaires and different things to fill out. If you you have some work to do outside of therapy so that y'all could talk about the next session, they can send you articles on things like she sent me stuff on PTSD and like all kinds of stuff that related to our therapy. It was something that I could review and then we could talk about the next session. And I really like that there's so many different resources for you, even outside of just your therapist. Right. And they're all about growth, your personal growth. And it's February and it's, you know, the season of love. But even if you don't have anyone, you can love yourself and take care of yourself. You should. Yes. BetterHelp being entirely online really did make it easy for me to fit this into my schedule so that I didn't have to take off work. I could make the therapy sessions after work so that there's no going to an office, sitting in the waiting room, waiting your turn, all the things. All you have to do is log onto the app, join your video call or your audio call, or start messaging your therapist. And everything is at your fingertips. I love that because it's like therapy is so scary for people to take that step. And that just knocks down those roadblocks. So it's more accessible for you to actually do therapy. And like Donna said, with this time of year, it is time for you to become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not. Right now, visit betterhelp.com slash APC today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash APC to get 10% off your first month. Okay, the next one, Empath Confessions. I have to say this before we start this. The story was sent in on October 31st at 3.33 a.m., And you know, that's one of our favorite numbers. Okay, anyway. So they said, I truly have so many, I could probably write a book and send it in. But that's a lot. So I'll think I'll just send in my story sporadically when my ADHD brain remembers to do so. So I know I've sent in a few stories and none of which really share the fact that I'm sensitive to the paranormal leaning on medium type abilities. I'm not sure why, but I'm very self-conscious about it. I think because I've gaslit myself into thinking that most of these scenarios have explanations Or I'm just crazy, which I still haven't been able to fully let go of. But since I turned 30, I've decided to try to embrace it. And since you two have created a safe space for me to share, and I feel like the APC community has a similar vibe, then I'd send in a few stories and see what you think. Okay, so I really don't have an explanation for, and it was honestly my first solid proof to myself that maybe I wasn't crazy after all. It happened about four to five years ago. I worked in a factory that's open 24-7, and we did 12-hour swing shifts, and that day I was working nights. All night, I kept feeling like someone was behind me or beside me, sometimes in front of me, but every time I would look, there wasn't anyone there. When I came back from break around 2 a.m. or so, there was a guy I had never seen before sitting at the job next to mine. Now, at this point, I had been there for over six hours, so I knew exactly who was at that machine. But also, people go home early all the time, and people from another area will take over if anyone leaves early. I probably wouldn't have thought much of it if, when I looked away for just a second and looked back, they were no longer there. I remember exactly what he looked like. He was medium height, slim build, dirty blonde hair, a black rock band t-shirt, jeans, and black rim glasses. I got a good look because we made eye contact and all. When I didn't see him again for a few hours, I kept getting that eerie feeling 
that someone was near me, and I kept getting a message in my mind that said his name was Aaron and to tell his mom that he's okay and he loves her. I decided to talk to one of my only friends I feel comfortable sharing these things with. By the way, she is much more gifted than I am in mediumship and can naturally see others' auras. Side note, the last few months I've been trying to practice seeing auras, but I have to concentrate pretty hard. So I go to my friend and I tell her what name came to mind. She then tells me that she's been seeing someone in the corner of her eye, but they kept their distance and there was a guy that matched my description exactly who passed away in a car accident on his way home from work a few years ago before I ever started working there or knew anyone who did. She didn't remember his name, though, but his mom also worked in the factory on a different shift and was actually working overtime in another section near us. I never found his mom and gave her the message, but I was also not confident in my abilities or if she would take it well. What solidified the whole thing for me was that I searched for Aaron, who passed away in a car wreck in that town, and sure enough, I found his Facebook. Y'all, it was him. The exact guy I saw. It gave me chills, and it still does when I think about it. I struggled with the guilt for not sharing his message with his mom. Which leads to the next thing I wanted to say, which is our loved ones who pass are okay. More than okay. They're at peace and in a good place. They watch over us and sometimes guide or protect us. I have more stories, but it's 3.30 a.m., so I'll have to save those for another time. Like recently, my best friend's dad, who passed away when she was 12 and long before we were friends, reached out to me. And I'm currently being visited by a woman, but I've asked her to talk to me or show me what she's reaching out to me for, but I haven't gotten a response. I'm not sure if it's her or me since I'm new trying to communicate. Maybe I'll have that figured out by my next email. If anyone knows how to exercise or practice mediumship abilities, would you post in the group? I'm sure any tips will help. I hope this ending made sense because that's when I started to doze off while typing. Anywho, stay spooky and happy Halloween, even though it's probably January or something by the time this come out. So happy New Year's. Much love, J-Bob. That made me giggle. <laughs> that's so fucking Donna. Like sitting there <laughs> typing her little heart away and she falls asleep. And then it's but like yours made sense. Mine will be complete gibberish. And then I send it and they're like, what? And I'm like. I don't know what I was trying to say. On that. That's so But funny. in my head, I can see my thumbs like hitting the words yeah. and it's out there. And then I'm like, I don't know what that meant to say. Oops. But yeah, I do that all the time. Also, I want to know what my aura is. Me too. Like, like bad. I want to know. Yeah. And what does it mean? Yeah. I feel like mine's yellow. Does that mean something? I just think yellow. Oh, that's Maybe good. somebody's told me that before. I feel like no, but I don't know. I just feel yellow. I have no idea. I'm getting green for you. Oh, okay. Do I know what those mean? Absolutely not. Probably could mean we're about to die. Like, what? I don't know. Don't even put that out in the universe. Also, when you were describing the guy, I was like, oh, he sounds cute. <laughs> okay, this is not me. I just Googled it. Yellow, well, bright yellow aura is happiness, confidence, and overall pleasant and social nature. <laughs> okay. That ain't me. No. That's not me. Not even a little. Like, not even a little. Literally, this morning, I was like, why are you being so mean? Because she was just short. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I'm not being mean. I'm like, that right there. Okay, you're, okay, if you are green, it says, compassionate, nurturing, and in tune with the natural world. Deeply committed to living in harmony, love, and peace. That ain't you. No. Okay, so clearly, I'm not a good aura reader. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be nurturing. But that's it. Oh. Not at peace. Who is? 
You want me to tell you who's not nurturing? Who? You know who. I'm not going to say it. Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany's like, God damn it, why did I get thrown under Uh the bus? What do you think her aura is? Red. I was thinking orange. TBH, my first thought was black. But I don't, I don't, like, I don't mean it like. Yeah, you don't mean it as negative. It's indication this person has put up a blockage of protection, perhaps sealing themselves off because they've recently hurt emotionally or physically. Well, I might be spot on with the black. Okay. (laughs) Okay, last one. Ancestry.com. Not sponsored. Y'all, this is crazy, but tonight I was playing around on the Ancestry app working on my family's tree, and I came across John Giles, first generation born in America in Salem, Massachusetts. I'm a direct descendant of John Giles, who had taken part in the Salem witch trials. I turned to my husband and told him about it and said this guy would turn over in his grave if he knew me. I'm an on and off again practicing witch who believes in the power of karma and what you put in the universe, you get out. Crazy shit, right? Love y'all, and I live in New Orleans, so y'all come and see me since we're already friends. You can use my name, it's Carrie, and I know it's spelled different ways, but mine's right. That is wild when you think about, like, how people are related and, like, these stories you hear. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, wait, at some point related to that person. And like you said, he would turn over in his grave because you practice, you know, you're a practicing witch. And he's, like, hunting witches down. Right. Doing the examination and shit. I know that memorial that it's, like, the stone memorial for the witches who were murdered. How it will have their descendants that leave them messages and stuff. I think that's so freaking cool. And, like, I'm kind of jealous I'm not a descendant. (laughs) That's really powerful. Very. It'll be, like, this great, 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 great granddaughter or whatever. Or niece or whatever. Dang, these stories were awesome. And did you notice we had a college theme? Yeah. And a Ouija board theme? That's true. Keep up coming. Y'all can see where we are. We're at the end of October. So y'all know, but still puckering. We're going to run out of stories. Keep them coming. A paranormal chicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.